1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. been this size my whole life i had definitely didn't shrink anytime recently
1: I-, I will say this if bryce young has been that size his whole life let's hope the epidural worked uh it uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we get the point <laughs>
2: Boom. I'm not
1: doing bits here. I'm Boom. Yeah, you're doing bits here.
2: Hey, check in on Florio. He's doing bits over here. Leave him $5 in the jar if you like his jokes. <laughs> Guy says he's
1: been that size his whole life. That unlocks a universe of potential commentary. Damn! I went with the most obvious and the lowest. Oh, that the was the obvious.
2: Fruit. Epidurals was the obvious that came to your mind, huh? Well, that was it?
1: hey <laughs> it- I mean, he said he's been that size his whole life. Let I me know. let me go through my process for you. And again, I'm not doing this to to try to amuse anyone, but I don't want to say the most obvious thing. I may take the most obvious, obvious observation and then try to word it in a way that is mildly entertaining. When he says he's been that size his whole life, that implies he was born that size. So instead of just saying, I guess he was born that size, you take that thread and you pull it to something that would indirectly refer to... The end result, which is he's implying, not even implying, he's flat out saying he was born that size. I hope the epidural worked. That's, that's I, my We, we got, hey, we that's got my you. Gift thank you. To you. Oh, thank that's you my there. Gift to you. Thank
2: you, Seinfeld Jr. Thank you. That hit hard just like one of his jokes. I, Way to go. Listen, <laughs> listen.
1: I, when, when, when you watch that show over and over and over and over again, when you watch The Office, over and over and over and over and over again the sensibility tends to creep in at some point what am i supposed to do and we have to fill two feckin hours with content and if somebody says something that potentially can be used for a funny-slash-snarky remark. Do you really think I'm going to reject it?
2: No. you think I'm I mean, just going to move right along? I know, I know you're not. No, Do you that's, think that's, that's what good. people want? No, of course they don't. Of course not Are they're... you not
1: entertained? I, I don't Is know if I'm entertained. you
2: were here? I don't know if I'm entertained. I don't know about that. But I'm here because they're oh, paying me to be here. you no, you were you hung
1: so. <laughs> you are, you hungover in your hammock. It was a Friday. You don't care. You missed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't you care. You missed the
2: fun. You're right. I don't care All about you. You were chasing...
1: You were chasing your chicken around the yard,
2: uh, Daffodil. Daffodil, yeah. here, Daffodil.
1: Yeah, here, Daffodil. Here, daffodil. Make sure <laughs> Uncle Mike doesn't come here and
2: rip your breastplate off and, and tell all these <laughs> crazy stories. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried minute, about the chickens dude. for sure. Uh, hey, so did you watch the yeah. national championship? She's game? fine as long as she's alive. Yeah, she is. Yeah, oh man, I did. Hawks have been out I lately. Like two Hawks are back. out. I'm I'm trying to wow. maintain that or or stop that, you know, and not let them hang around our yard a little bit. Did you watch the national championship game last night? at all
1: well well yeah I wanna okay back rewind
2: up. I wanna rewind back up here yeah
1: because we're, we're i'm trying to identify all yeah. the various risks to the life of your chicken right i didn't know there were so many predators in connecticut the mean streets of greenwich <laughs> maybe steve young was right after all seriously so you, you already gotta worry about coyotes yeah unless fox. it's april fool's day then you gotta right. worry about the fox right. which dragged one of the chickens to its death yes now you gotta worry about hawks swooping in and snatching a chicken. I would assume a chicken's a little bit large for a hawk to come grab and take away. I thought they were more squirrels and
2: rabbits. They are. They, they will, pick up a chicken. If they know it's a place they will do, they don't pick it up. But if they know it's a place where okay, they could let's just say in a field where nobody's around, they'll they'll kill an animal like a chicken and and eat it a little and then go up in the tree and hang out and then come down later and eat again. So they will do that. We've lost one that way. And with it being spring, you know, and, and it's starting to you know, get warmer up here in the northeast, there are a lot out. So, like, I see them on the edge of my property, right? They're on the edge. They're waiting. And that's where you got to be out and you got to have the dog out again, too, because then they know, all right, wait, this is not a good spot to get the chicken. I'm not going to be able to finish this meal. And they move on. But, like, I'm always scouring the tree line. Isn't this funny that I'm Connecticut guy up in New York talking about this and you're in West Virginia and you're asking me these damn questions?
1: (laughs) Yeah, all I got to worry about is my dog. Now, And I don't want this to become a clip for the start of a show in the future where someone suggests I'm doing stand-up here. I would assume there was some sort of a bird courtesy. Like, this is bird on bird crime. A chicken is a bird. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, is
1: there there a line where it's cannibalism? Like, would a hawk (laughs) do that to a hawk? Like, if a hawk wouldn't do it to a hawk, why is a hawk doing it to a chicken? But I guess hawks and chickens have always been. Didn't I hear that at some point? Or that's different. Chicken hawk is a different thing altogether. I think so. That's the chicken hawk is the reference to the the politician who will send troops into battle when that person never would have even so much as strapped on. The boots to go out there and fight i think that's chicken hawk i think there is such a thing as a chicken hawk maybe the chicken hawk is the hawk that has a specific taste for chicken regardless (laughs) regardless we have foxes we have hawks what what other things are and and then there's bobcats me i mean bobcats i will i will rip you open i will rip you open and fry you in 360 degrees thank you thank you very much of uh, boiling shortening bobcats you got all kind of stuff Do you have bears up there do you have to worry about bears showing
2: up like it's not uh, not far from us but in our area i think they're still they're around every now and then like you'll see it like where hey and ring doorbell right we'll get these kind of warnings like there was a bear in the area this week or whatever but that's not that common you got to kind of get a little farther away from the city and then you know black bears do start to roam the woods a little bit for sure yeah, we have black bears
1: here and I always worry when I leave the barn on foot late at night. That one's if hanging around. Because we've got we've got a little we've got a little vehicle, it's a little four wheeler that has like a cab on it and you drive drive it's, you know, right. rough and tumble, drive it down. But I'd rather jump into that at midnight. If I'm down there, then walk up the hill because you never know when a bear is going to show up because we're right on the edge of the woods and people see bears yeah. all the time in this area. You got a bad hip right now.
2: That bear will run you down in I a do. second, so you better I get do. in that cart. I that's do. for sure.
1: My wife was yeah, off. I not somebody else. I don't have somebody else I can push down and run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just me. Yeah,
2: right. That became a thing, right? Last week or something on online, I saw that, like push people down and then you won't get caught by a bear. Uh, My wife was very... No, there was something. Something like that, right? Yeah, there was something along those lines. You're in the right church, wrong pew. Okay, something like that. All right, you're hip better, though. My wife was very concerned about where you go to a doctor and where you see somebody yesterday. So that was a conversation in the house. She wanted to make sure you were okay. What do you mean? Well, she was like, wait, does she 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 have a physical therapist? Does he have to go to Pittsburgh? Does he got to go up there? You know what I mean? She was kind of like that, and then... Uh, so, and I was like, no, Old I think there's West. somebody close doctors here. I know. I, <laughs> I know. think there's doctors here. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not like you go to the general store and you buy, you know, a gallon of milk and they also operate on your back in the, in the back room. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, yeah, I, but, <sighs> but I've got, I mean, I don't know what it is. Cause I know that like you can have hip pain from all sorts of stuff, yeah, but yeah. It's like I move around in bed at night, and it feels like that stabbing pain if I go the wrong way. And I thought it was getting better. But when the alarm went off today, I had to lunge out of bed, and I I feel like I pulled it again. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if I pulled a muscle. I don't know if I got a disc issue. I don't know what it is. But it's fine right now. But if I do certain things, it's that stabbing pain right in my hip, right above my ass. I'm sorry, man. uh, I just... You know, it's like it hurts when I do this. So, okay, then don't do that. That's kind of where I am right now. I try to avoid the things that make it hurt. Yeah. It, uh, it's all right. There. Good luck. Good luck, it's not Slugger. Much better. So, thank thank Danielle for her concern. And yes, we do have doctors in West Virginia. You have <laughs> hawks and bobcats and foxes in Connecticut, and we have doctors. Wow, in look
2: Virginia. at that. Who would have ever thunk in it? <laughs>
1: So uh, yeah, I want the two hours of my life back from last night's basketball game. There really wasn't anything about it that I found remotely exciting. Although San Diego state did cut it to six points at one point in the second half. Somebody declared we have a game now. It wasn't Jim Nance. It was was who was ever working the game with him. All I know is it's Jim Nance. I don't know who it is. Is it bill Raftery? Is he still around? Is it grant Hill? Grant Hill. Right. That's right. somebody said, we got a game now. Yeah. So uh, we had a game. we had a game now and 30 seconds later, we didn't have a game anymore.
2: Well, I know what, what point. So I fell asleep. I did and I. If UConn, hey, first off, I do want to say congratulations to them. That was a special run. I don't know how much you paid attention, but like they beat everybody by double digits in the NCAA tournament. It's pretty rare, right? And and the fact that they were a number four seed, right, Mike? So they kind of n- didn't have one game where, you know, anybody really challenged them in the second half of the football I mean the basketball game. I didn't I fell asleep before it got cut to six. I don't know when at what point that happened. Um but fell asleep feeling like, oh, they're in control. They're clearly the better team. They're going to this, win this basketball game. And that's cool, man. I mean, the coach, Danny, Hur- uh, Danny Hurley, he's a Jersey guy. His dad is the greatest high school basketball coach in the history of New Jersey. You might have heard of it before, St. Anthony's, New yes. Jersey, right? Yes. So yes. there's a lot of history there. They're a great family, been around them before. So that's great to see, and congratulations to them. I didn't
1: even know there was a Danny Hurley. I knew about Bobby Hurley. Yeah. Right. Because he played at Duke. Right. And then he, he's been a coach for a while. I didn't know there was another Hurley. Yeah. yeah he's the head D- coach. Of the. he played at
2: Seton Hall Championship. a lot long after yeah. Bobby did. And he had a decent college career. Of course, it wasn't Bobby's. But yeah, they're a great basketball family. And it's uh, it's cool. You know, it, it means a lot to them with how much they respect the history of the game.
1: It was about I don't know nine minutes left in the game. Yeah, so I passed out just a little before run. that. Okay, gotcha. San Diego State went on a nine-zero run, cut it to six, and and then wow, the all right, went out of the balloon, and that was that. Yeah, and it was a double-digit, another double-digit win. By the way, we're going to have a draft later of the most dominant NFL playoff runs inspired by Connecticut's victory. We're going to go one way or the other: most unlikely Super Bowl champions if San Diego State had won, most dominant playoff runs. If Connecticut wins, Connecticut won. The one thing that I thought was very impressive, too, they had their bus wrapped with the national championship messaging immediately after the game. And I wonder if they, at some point during the game, decided, "Let's go ahead and wrap the bus. If something happens, we'll just peel it off and yeah, right. get another bus." <laughs> yeah, Because I don't think you wait until the confetti falls. Last night, it became pretty obvious in the first half that this thing was going to go Connecticut's way. seemed like you it. just kept waiting. Right. And I was completely neutral, completely objective. I just want to be entertained. I wanted a good game. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look up every every. 40 seconds because I was working while I was down there and I don't want to look up and see that it's still a double digit game. I wanted something exciting that yeah. would go down to the wire because yeah. that's what we want. Unless you're a partisan Connecticut fan, you wanted an exciting game and, and we didn't, uh, didn't, didn't get, get it. Did you see that the women's basketball final now it was televised by ABC not ESPN. Right. So you're going to get more people watching. 9.9 million that's amazing viewers for that. More than the average viewership for all of the Thursday night games on Amazon this year combined. 9.6 was the average Thursday night audience on Amazon. 9.9 for this championship game. And, you know, I I wrote about it and I tweeted it. And you you get all these people that want to defend the NFL wall. Like, well, this was a championship game. And it was on ABC. This isn't an NFL game on Amazon. And those Amazon games weren't very good. Look, this is... Women's college basketball, a sport that many will say no one cares about. Well, you got to you got to rewrite that script. You can't you can't call ESPN woke for having women's college basketball stories on the front page of their website. If you're delivering 9.9 million for your championship game, people give a crap about women's college basketball, and you have to adjust your coverage accordingly. Yeah. So yeah. this isn't a knock on the NFL. No, it's just it just shows you it's kudos that to women's basketball. I chose two things. It, it's yeah. a knock. It's a knock-on where the broadcast reality is moving. It's a recognition that the pivot to streaming isn't going to deliver the same eyeballs that putting a game on ABC, CBS, Fox, or, wait for it, NBC, is going to deliver. And this is the bet the the NFL is going to have to make. At what point do we just accept we're going to get a lot more money from the streamers, but we're going to have fewer people watching what basically is a three-hour infomercial that we get paid to let them televise fewer people are going to be watching right. because that's the nature of the technology and this is a stark example of it women's college basketball championship 9.9 million on abc amazon thursday night football the package they're doing their best to make even better with flexing and multiple short week games etc 9.6 which just shows you they got a long way to go to get streaming to where three-letter broadcast TV is. And I, I'm not saying, I mean, look, yeah, I work yeah. for NBC, but I'm still acknowledging reality here. Yeah, sure. Is, is there a ceiling? Is there a ceiling that streaming is never going to reach, regardless of who it is and regardless of which network it is? Is there a ceiling that you're just stuck with? if you're going to have major events on a streaming only platform. And I think that's a fair question.
2: Yeah, it is a fair question. I, I I think, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, slowly, but surely one of those type of things, at least is my feel. just because again, as people continue to get more comfortable with this, you know, especially, Hey, the older generation, let's be serious. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have older friends, people, my parents age, whatever they're all oh, damn. I don't know what app, whatever. I'm like that. So we're all getting used to it, but yeah, that's certainly not, you know, king like it is up here in this area where oh hey, we could turn to channel four, channel four, and there it is, the game, NBC, whatever, channel seven, ABC. No, nothing beats that at this point. But you know, they're gonna slowly work their way down this lane because it seems like slowly the world's going that way too. But even then, even then, yeah when the population changes to the point where the
1: older crowd that grew up with three channels when right. 30 million people would tune in to watch Carol Burnett on a Saturday night. 30 million. Right. Would tune in to watch an average random episode of the Carol Burnett show on a Saturday night in the 70s. Yeah. You would sit down in this box in your house like for for decades now. People have had a box in their house around which they congregate. It was a radio for a long time. Then it became a TV. And for years, you had very limited options when you turn that box on. And even now, there's an ease to having a traditional TV model in your house, where you you cycle through the channels. What's on channel two? What's on channel four? What's on channel five? And you stop on something. When you turn on a smart TV, even, even for somebody who is moderately tech savvy like me now don't tell don't don't get me to tell you how it all works but I know how to use it right I don't know how I don't know how to build it I don't know how to maintain it I don't know how to explain it but I do know how to use it you turn on that smart tv and it's overwhelming with the choices you have and the things you can watch and the apps that smack you in the face yeah there isn't some easy channel 2 channel 4 channel 5 okay this is the one I'm going to watch and I think that's where a lot of the viewership comes from a very easy to manage TV and you flip till you find something that catches your interest instead of you. And I mean, it takes us some nights a half hour to figure out what the hell we're going to watch. I know. I'm Well, should we watch something on on Netflix? Let's go over to Hulu and see there. Uh, Yeah. And, and so the audience is fractured and there's very few things that pull it together. And the reality is pro football pulls it together like nothing else. But my concern is that when you, Move to streaming as a primary, if not ultimately exclusive vehicle for televising or broadcasting or whatever the right word is. I guess streaming NFL content. Are you going to be able to get a massive audience to congregate live? Or will those people have been distracted by something they found on on Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or Peacock? God, thank God I mentioned Peacock or I don't get paid for today. So. I that that's that's the question. Where is that that elusive maximum? Where how do you get to that maximum and is it 15 million? Is it 20 million? Can it be more than that for a big game? These are all questions that will be answered over time, but it's it's going to take some time. And I think Hocus pocus tricks like making Thursday night flexing immediately available in the second year of Amazon. I don't think that's the way to get there. I think it's a, a longer, slower build for the NFL.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that too. I would. You know, I think it's all the things you talked about. Everybody getting used to it. Them getting used to it. You know, and and the generation thing. Because I will say, like, you know, as you know, and I don't know how your son is. He might be on the cusp here, right? Alex is in what 23, 24 range, right? But uh, 26 20 oh, 26 sorry um, but there so my my little girl 16 boy 12 right They traditional TV does not exist in their world. It just doesn't exist like they, they never they don't even know when I if I go turn on NBC they'd go what channel's that? you know turn on CBS what channel's that? They have no idea they're, they never go on normal TV. So that generation is coming. Now, you know, your point about whether they get lost in other apps and everything else on the way there, that's that's a good question. But, you know, there is a generation, and I want to say it's right around that 16, 18, 20, 22 range, that, like, the normal TV that you and I remember is not even a part of their world anymore, and nor is it ever going to be.
1: Well, and... I guess the NFL at some point just needs to put the games on TikTok because that's where they all are. (laughs) There's no doubt it's banned, which is a different issue altogether. But (laughs) but yeah, and that's a challenge making it interesting to the younger generation. That's why they put the games on Nickelodeon. That's why they're trying to come up with ways to infuse NFL content into that that Fortnite game and get kids to play Madden. That's how you indoctrinate to get them interested. Because you know, even though NFL action happens in quick bursts. Kids just don't have the attention span to sit there for three hours. And uh, baseball has learned we got we got to pivot away from the long-ass games if we want to have any hope of having a future for this sport. And I think football is going to face these challenges in the coming years. All right. Um, God, that was 20 minutes. But that's okay because today – you know what? If you haven't noticed, between the end of the league meetings and the draft three weeks away and nothing's happening with Aaron Rodgers and nothing's happening with Lamar Jackson – There isn't a whole lot going on right now, but we'll still find a way to fill the two hours, especially if we piss away the first 20 minutes talking about things other than the current news of the day in the NFL.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
1: This one, this one is intriguing to me. This is one I was going to write about last night, but I decided let's talk it through today and I'll write it up afterward and then we can tie the video to it. Okay. And I I don't do that very often. I don't do that very often, but I thought this would be a good discussion that we can have. And also it may cause my brain to come up with a few other ideas that I can reduce to writing at PFT, but Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle who was caught up in the only real significant controversy this year it happened at the scouting combine we come aware of the the charges in georgia for racing and reckless driving tied to the incident that claimed the lives of two people who were in the other car and the video emerged recently of him denying to police officers that he was racing even though he eventually pleaded no contest to racing and reckless driving he had the the difficult pro day workout and if you flunk your Pro day workout, that's like flunking a take-home open book exam. Now, Chris, his agent comes out and says, and his agent's through Rosenhaus, that's an important point that we'll come back to, but his agent comes out and says, on the record, that Jalen Carter isn't going to visit any team that isn't picking in the top 10. Not going to do it. Declining all offers for visits beyond the top 10. That's a boss move. It is. It's a gutsy move. It's very. And I feel like they're trying to speak top 10 status into existence. I hear you there. If you you have to ask, you can't afford it. Right. We're not not seeing anybody that's not in the top 10. That's a hell of a risk because if you don't go in the top 10 and you start trickling down to teams that may have wanted to visit with you in the teens and in the 20s, they may pass – because they didn't get a chance to do their full workup. They didn't get a chance to do their homework. They didn't like the attitude that was being projected in advance of the draft by Jalen Carter's camp. What do you think of that? Yeah,
2: no, it's, I mean, it is a boss move. You're right. I, you know, I think, though, you know, ultimately, if a guy like Jalen Carter was on the board at 15 and some team at 15 didn't get a chance to visit him, they're going to, you know, they're going to go, oh, well, hey, crap, we didn't get to visit him, but damn, it's, it's, he's too good to pass up here. you know. And we see that anyways, right? We see plenty of teams draft guys that didn't get to visit it. Or we talked about somebody yesterday that had no clue, right, that they were about to be drafted by that football team. So that does happen. But Drew and to your point, Mike, I think, you know, it's a boss move. But at the same time, it is like he's speaking into existence or trying to stop the bleeding here a little bit, right? It's just been, like you said, a few negative stories in a row, and he's in the corner wobbly right now as far as his NFL perception goes. But this is a guy that, you know, you had to say top 10, outside top 10, we won't visit. That sounds bold, but at the same time, this is a guy that, Really, I think is probably the top five pick. I haven't gone all in on d line yet here, so I don't have a great feel, but I know enough about him, and he's definitely one of the top ten guys in the draft. so and I think looked at really as one of the five best players in the draft, if you especially if you take the quarterbacks out of the conversation, he might be number one or two there. So I think that's where drew Rosenhaus, you know to your point, trying to stop the bleeding, you know, speaking into an existence and try not to overwhelm the kid and i think he would probably say that knowing that there's a few teams that have already told them like hey if he's here when we're picking at 7 8 whatever i'm just throwing out numbers we're we're going to seriously think about taking him here i would think he has a little feel for that before coming out and saying you know what he said yesterday You better have a stronger feel than that if you're going to write that
1: kind of check, though, unless your client fully understands what you're doing because that is the most important thing an agent can do pre-draft. Give the player reliable information as to where the player is going to be picked. And the best agents have relationships deep enough and trustworthy enough that they will know what a player's floor is. And every once in a while... Out here, And I know which agents to believe and which ones are simply trying to speak a higher draft status into existence. And I'm not going to name names here, but there, there's one in particular. You can take it to the bank if this person says so-and-so isn't going below X. You know it because there's been a promise made, a commitment made, and the person with the team doesn't want to undermine the relationship with the agent by lying To the agents. Some people know. Right. And and I think that this is an element, and I go back twenty years to Willis McGahee, when Drew Rosenhaus, as McGahee was sliding, remember he had the horrible ACL tear and where is he gonna go? And he was a top talent, but he's recovering from the ACL and and he gets on the phone as they get into the twenties and creates the impression that a yeah, team is calling. calling you. Right. And, and, and the bills jumped. And of course the Bills said that didn't influence and influence us. And Rosenhaus later said that way. Well, yeah. But when you look at the quotes at the time, they were trying to create a little buzz. They yeah. were trying to create a little chatter at a time when McGay, he was in a free fall. So I'm not faulting Drew Rosenhaus for doing his job. I'm doing my job yeah. to apply some scrutiny and some skepticism to the possibility He's just trying to create a floor of 10 by saying, we're not coming to see you if you're not drafting in the top 10. It reminds me of what Deion Sanders said to the Giants. Yeah, right. When the Giants had a big test that they have the players take and all this crap that they wanted them to do. And Dion said to him, when are you guys drafting? And they, they told him whenever it was. It wasn't in the top five. So he's like, you're not going to pick me. I'm not doing this. And he walked out. So – but that was that was supported. That was Dion. And Dion could pull that off. This is even gutsier from Jalen Carter, because it's a guy who's in the middle of multiple controversies making this boss move. That's what makes it even more compelling. That the one guy that shouldn't be doing this yeah. of all the guys in the draft right. pool
2: is the one who's doing it. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I do. And you know, it is Drew Rosenhaus' job to, like you said, you know, you know, Put the put the player put his the guy he's representing in the best possible position to capitalize. And Drew Rosenhaus, as you and I both know, I mean, damn, he loves his players. That's for sure. And he fights for them to the bitter end. So I wouldn't think he's trying to or, or screwing this guy over. I would think he's got an inkling as much as Drew Rosenhaus has been around. Let's not forget: before the Bears tried to trade away the number one pick, this was the guy that a lot of people thought might, was going to be the number one pick of the draft. So that's how good of a player we're talking about here, right? And then I think, Mike, when you break down the top 10 a little bit, you can start to go, wait, pick three? That's not crazy to think Arizona could take this guy at pick three. They need defensive linemen. You go to pick five, the Seahawks, what? I I just look at the Seahawks and go, if Jalen Carter's on the board for the Seahawks, like Pete Carroll's going to rip his shirt off and run to the podium and go, we're taking Jalen Carter. That's the way I feel about it. But the Lions, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Bears, the Eagles, all that's where he has the benefit of this, and that's where I think of Drew having a feel and probably having a team or two telling him we're going to take him. There's six or seven teams here that legitimately have like a, a real need at D-line in the top 10. So I think between that, he's pieced that together to go, eh, he's going top 10. He knows it. And he's not going to waste the kid's time or energy, you know, parading them around and letting all the shenanigans take over. And, oh, well, he might fall to us at 25. He's stopping it right now. He's stopping the bleeding. He's going, nope, he ain't. I'm letting you know he ain't getting out of the top 10, and I'm not going to do this to this guy. At least that's how I'm taking it, Mike. I don't know if I'm right there. It's a heck heck of a check to write, and you better get it right or you're going
1: to get criticized on the back end. He's visited with the Eagles and the Bears, and, again, declining visits beyond the top 10. Rosenhaus says, I'm confident Jalen will go in the top 10. He's a good person, a family man, loves football, and is a generational talent. That's fine, but we have this off-field issue. We've got the fact that he was out of shape, couldn't complete his workout at his pro day. And someone explained to me recently that – and I want to make sure I get this right because it was put very well. The risk with Jalen Carter is if you do take him high in the draft, it's a no-win proposition for you because – Number one, you're taking the risk that he's not going to work out, and you've got red flags that are are going to manifest themselves, and then you're in trouble with your owner for using a high pick on a guy when there were red flags. Or you take him high, and and it validates whatever behaviors are giving teams concerns, if there really are behaviors giving team concerns. I mean, again, it has nothing to do with his on-field ability. I'm more troubled by the pro day workout the off-field issue guys have off-field issues all the time that have nothing to do with what kind of a football player they're going to be uh, it's unfortunate when it happens it's tragic in this case it was two people in a different car than the one he was in who were killed but still it's a horrible situation the pro day workout not and when you know you're being scrutinized when you know everyone's watching every move you make now I made the point at the time. Maybe the guy should have just not had a pro day yeah, workout. Yeah, that's right. Maybe he's under a lot of stress. Right, Maybe exactly. he wasn't working out the way he needed to. Exactly. And this falls on the agent, too. And, yes. Dad, Drew, we're going to praise you here. But we're also going to raise the question of whether or not he should have even done yeah. a pro day workout. I think it's fair. Given everything that's going on. Right. If we're going to be sensitive to the mental health of athletes. We have to be asking ourselves, is this guy really in the right spot where he should have been doing a pro day workout? Should it have been postponed? Should it have been canceled? Are you better off that way? And maybe this strategy is part of the cleanup on aisle five for the bad pro day workout. We're going to we're gonna get people to forget about the bad pro day workout and we're going to take the position, this guy's a top 10 pick. Forget about all that other stuff. This guy's a top 10 pick and we're so confident of it. If you aren't drafting in the top 10, you don't even get a visit. We're not going to come see you. And hey, I'm generally supportive of any time when a player pushes back against the, the draft industrial complex. Yeah, right. I really yeah. am. Right. And when you say... I'm not going to come visit you. I'm not going to work out. I'm resting on my film. I'm not showing up for the draft without an appearance fee. Anything like that that goes against the honor and a privilege mindset that they try to put into all these kids' heads, that anything you're asked to do, oh, it's just a job interview. Oh, it's just a job interview. Oh, you're you're denying a job interview? No, I'm not going to. I've already done my interview. It's called playing college football and not getting paid for it. Everything else is above and beyond anything I'm going to do. So I like that part of it. I'm just acknowledging that it's a hell of a risk when it's the one guy in the top 10, top 15, top 20, who's got the red flags that shouldn't be doing this because if he's doing it, the others should
2: be doing it too. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I think he's, you know, one of the few guys though in the draft, Mike, too, to where he's got the type of film like you're talking about where he's just going to go It speaks for itself. Like it's, it's nobody can block me. I'm dominant. I'm dominant and you had two georgia guys drafted in the first round last round last year and i'm better than both of them so you know i think i think there's a, a little bit of that to where yeah they can have a little bravado in the situation because he he does have that working in his favor as far as hey like you know like the coaches always say we're not worried about the pajama olympics and all that turn on the film that's where we really run it right now yeah you'd like to see the other stuff and you know like you said that's where the workout, that that's probably what needs to be scrutinized a little bit, is just why he did it. You know, and a lot of people can go, well, how could that happen? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, you explained it, right? And first off, say, so, you know, hey, Joe sitting at home who's, you know, 6'1, 190 pounds. You're not Jalen Carter who's 6'3, 320. There's a difference in your life. Jalen Carter, like you're talking about, you know, he's okay, wait, I got some legal problems and all this crap's going on. Man, I've, I you know I only got to work out once in the last ten days. A guy like that works out once in ten days or whatever. I mean, th- yeah, they can get out of shape in a hurry. Three twenty becomes three thirty-two in a hurry for people, human beings like that. I haven't worked out. I haven't lifted. I've kind of been eating a little sloppy because you know I've been all over the place dealing with stuff, and that's where you do question why work him out because he definitely had. He could have been the type of guy like we've seen. Other top players in the draft just go, no, screw off. I'm not working out. You see how big I am. I'm the man. And I dominated Alabama and all these great teams. Just turn on the film. He would have got away with it. Nobody would have really cared with this one. So that that certainly can be questioned or scrutinized to a degree for sure, Mike.
1: And there's another way to, to consider this too. Again, if we care about the mental health of athletes, and we should, maybe this kid's just had enough of answering the same questions over and over again. And he said to Drew, and this is all speculation on my part. This is why I wanted to talk this through before I wrote about it at PFT. He could have said to Drew Rosenhaus, I, I, "Is there a way we can draw a line here? Is there a way? I like I don't want to go visit 20 teams, especially if there's a good chance these teams aren't going to draft me. Right? I, I don't want I don't want to be just a data point in how to go about getting to the bottom of of difficult topics and. You know, I I just don't, I don't sure, want to go right. waste my time and go through the stress of having to answer these same freaking questions over and over and over again. What can we do about it? Hey, how about this? We'll restrict all your visits to the top 10 as long as you understand. That doesn't mean you're going to be taken in the top 10, but we'll restrict it to the top 10, and that's that. And then you don't have to go through this. You don't want to go through this. You understand the risk of what happens if you're still there at number 11 and a team might not take you because they didn't get a chance to meet with you. But this is what we can do to balance all the concerns. It's possible that that's the truth here, too. We just don't know. This happens so infrequently that I think it's incumbent on us to identify all the possibilities. Yeah, One sure. possibility is Drew knows damn well somebody in the top 10 has taken him, that's and his right, floor right. is 10. Right. The other possibility is what I'm saying. This guy's had enough of being asked all these questions. He's been through a trauma. He's he He was in an incident where two people died for crying out loud. He's processing that. He's got survivor's guilt. Could have been my car that crashed and... And, and I would have been the one who died. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot yeah. when you're racing and one car crashes. The other car could have crashed. So there's a lot of stuff this guy's dealing with. And, and yeah, I, I mean, hey, I wouldn't want to, like, again, there's a point where the, it, it it stops being a job interview and it becomes exploitation. Yeah, right, There's a sure. point where it's too much. You know, for, oh, oh, you get to travel all over the country. Let me tell you something. When you travel all over the country in a compressed time frame, it sucks. You You're... Routine is disrupted. It's, you're, you're constantly waiting for planes, and you're constantly yeah. yeah, staying It's a lot of house. BS. It gets all Even, fast. Yes.
2: Even fast. with these guys dr- visiting teams, it's a lot of BS. It's a lot of sitting around BS. Yeah, You think it's like, oh, the greatest day in the history of their life, right? I know everybody thinks that, and that's the story that we all want to think of. But, you know, it's get to a facility It's shake a few hands. It's sit in a waiting room. It's see a doctor. Sit in another waiting room. Oh, hey, they got another guy they're visiting with. Oh, head coach is talking to him now. I'll sit in the waiting room a little longer. Oh, now I get to go with my position guy. Hey, I get to meet him. He gets to ask me all the crazy questions you're talking about. Right. So it could be both here. It could be, wait, we want to end that and all that crap. And we know he's going in the top ten. But yeah, it's exhausting. To your point, Mike. A quick story here too. When I was working in New England, 2012, a very similar type of thing. Fletcher Cox was in the building. He was in the waiting room, outside of Bill Belichick, Bears Najarian's office, kind of waiting to, you know, get indoctrinated into the day, you know. And I was, of course, you know, part of the scouting department where I'd have to pick and pick guys up at the airport at times and do that. So I kind of down there checking out, and he's kind of like in a bad mood, and he's no oh, uh. like, hey, what's up? What's going on, man? I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm not gonna be on the board when you guys are picking." <laughs> and I and I looked at him, and I went, "Yeah, you're probably right, but you don't know. You know, maybe we'll trade up, whatever." But. To your point, yes, it can become exhausting. I know it's an awesome experience or everything and everybody thinks that, but you're you said it right. Travel in hotels, sit here, do this, prodded, pushed, you know, grab your shoulder, grab your knee, you know, mental gymnastics, all of that. It wears where's young young human beings out. And I think that's uh, part of what probably Drew Rosenhaus is trying to stop too.
1: And I like the fact, again, when someone pushes back against the machine. And and Drew may piss some people off that he has relationships with. Oh, come on. You mean you can't tell your guy to come see me? Come on. We go back 30 years. Come on. Do me a favor here. They want me to get him in the building. They want to ask him these questions. They're thinking about trading up to get your guy if he's there at 7, 8, or 9. Right? They're thinking about doing that, but they're not going to do it if they don't get to meet with him. Yeah, I think right. that the. That, that, that they they've made it clear. Hey, you got to be in the top ten. You want to trade up? You got to trade up before you get a chance to see him, which I think is unrealistic because a lot of times a team isn't going to trade up until the pick that they're trading up for is on the clock. Because if you trade up too early, then people are like, oh, who'd they trade up for? We better get in front of them to get the guy that we think they traded up to get, and then you don't get the guy you traded up specifically so that you could draft. So I I I like all in all, all in all, I like it. It's a calculated risk. He's the last guy at the upper echelon of this year's draft who should be doing it, but I like it, and I think more guys should do it. That's my big takeaway. It stands out to us because no one ever does it. The message is
2: maybe they should. Yeah, I, I, I think so. and I think it's it's good on I think ultimately, you know, Drew probably has the feel, and then Drew's protecting his guy. You know, as you as you mentioned, he's protecting it. He's not going to let this be a oh well. He might fall to twenty four because the off field stuff and having him you know go around the country like a crazy man. So he's stopping that. He's not going to let everybody dissect every little thing the guy's done in his whole life. Um, and and you know, respect to, to Drew Rosenhaus really for that. It's a it's a bold move, like you said. But I, he's been around the game and and been around too long for me not to think he's he's got an inkling that. He knows there's no way he's going past number 10, and he's confident in saying that. But again,
1: but again, this is the guy that pretended to be on the telephone <laughs> to get the bills to take Willis McGahee. And, hey, you represent your client. You get him in the best possible spot. You get him drafted as high as possible, whatever the case may be. That's We all have a job in this business. And I I just, I like the creativity. I like the assertiveness. You know, you mentioned the Fletcher Cox story. He was there because his agent told him to go. Yeah, right. The agent, in a lot of cases, just says, "Here's here's the visits you're taking. And there's no opportunity for the player to say, well, why? Why am I going there? He just goes because that's what the agent said to do. So I like the fact that someone is standing up to the system. I just recognize there's some risk when it's the guy who has been standing out for not good reasons. The one guy, who else, other than Stetson Bennett, who, also a Georgia player, but who else has been standing out during this process? Bennett got arrested for public intoxication. The arrest video popped up last night on TMZ. Other than that, no one's really standing out, Chris, that I know of as somebody that's making waves and making headlines. No, Jalen Carter's no. the one.
2: Right, no, he's the one. He is. He's the one that's you know certainly been the, you know, a little bit of the uh, the question mark in the top ten and, or, or where does it go and how does the NFL view his personal stuff and all that. Uh, but he's a phenomenal football player. And I think the reason he can say that is because he, he felt like there was a chance he was probably going to go number one if the Bears stayed at one. Um, and like we talked about, there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams here in the top ten that have a real need for that position. And uh, we'll see where it goes. But good luck to him, and hopefully he can get all this stuff straightened out.
1: We pay attention to all reports and rumors here, even though I have noticed over the years a curious trend where people who aren't reporters will share things they've heard with the caveat that I'm not a reporter, it's just something I heard. Well, for the audience, it's not the easiest thing to parse through. They think so-and-so is saying it, and hey, if they're right, they're right, and if they're wrong, eh, it's just something I was hearing. And I say that because Daniel Jeremiah, who isn't a reporter, but he's the draft analyst at NFL Network on his podcast, he threw out the idea that he's hearing the Titans are thinking about trading all the way up to number three. And that caught my eye, and I decided that was worthy of putting on PFT last night, and it makes sense to talk about it today. With the caveat that he's not a reporter, but he's just hearing these things. Right, he wouldn't be... there's a lot of stuff you hear pre-draft. I know, he's not... I, 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 sometimes, sometimes, somebody hears something, and you, you never know. You never know if it's ultimately true. And sometimes, sure. people, especially sure. this time of year they leak things for reasons unrelated to getting the truth out. Maybe the Cardinals are trying to dredge up a market for the third overall pick. So there is a lot of different potential explanations here. But, but that third pick is the hot spot because you've got Panthers who are going to take a quarterback at one. Texans who are going to take a quarterback at two and then Colts who would very much like to take a quarterback at four. If you want the third quarterback, whoever it may be after the first two are gone, Stroud and young, most likely, or maybe young and Stroud, who knows, or maybe Richardson is going to be one of the two. But if you're thinking about getting one at three, that's where you got to go because the Colts are waiting at four for the third quarterback. So the Titans I, I'm, in, I'm fascinated by this. Me too. They, they, Ryan Tannehill, last year of his contract, third-round pick last year used on Malik Willis, who right. got benched for Josh Dobbs, which underscores the disconnect between the former GM John Robinson and the head coach Mike Vrabel. Maybe they are thinking about moving up to number three to get a quarterback. Maybe they are, and they would be a candidate to do it. Tannehill plays one more year, and then it's see you later. We hand the football to the guy that we got at number three.
2: It's interesting, right? I mean, like, I don't view Mike Vrabel as being that type of guy, but then the new GM ran Carthon. I go, well, gosh, he was just in the 49ers, and they were in a similar spot, and they traded up to number three and drafted Trey Lance. So maybe they would do that type of move. That's not the best argument to do it. No, it's not. Not, not <laughs> unless, when you use Trey Lance. Unless this yeah. time it should work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe, exactly. maybe the odds are on my side this time. But but I am, I am intrigued and intrigued, too, to I guess there's a part of me that, yes, like you, I think Anthony Richardson, there's a part of me, too, that, you know, again, you're starting to see in mock drafts, Hendon Hookers in the top 10 now, right? The Tennessee kid. You know, again, I don't know what's not to like about him. He's big, he runs awesome, you know, he's got he's good decision maker, balls on the money. There's a part of me that goes, wait, would Tennessee be thinking about him? You know, he's more along the lines of what I think Vrabel would want to do offensively and what they've done there. You know, more of the traditional standpoint quarterback, but maybe they're gonna change things. Maybe they are. they maybe they're gonna go run game infused and infuse the quarterback and as part of that. And that's where Anthony Richardson certainly could come into play. He would certainly fit their style, right? I mean, they want to run the ball, control the clock, play defense, play action pass, take a shot, go back to the run of the ball, run the quarterback design run. So all of that would make sense. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting. And I am. I mean, I would think it's Richardson, but but there's a part of me that goes, oh, maybe it's somebody else. Maybe maybe it is a Hendon hooker. Maybe it is a Will Levis. I'm not sure there, but it's a very interesting conversation.
1: Here's hoping that the new GM, Rand Carthon, and Mike Vrabel, the head coach, are on the same page, because we don't want another piece of video like this. No shaking Maybe the head. We do. When Mike Vrabel <sighs> found out that they were trading A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia oh, Eagles, he was not pleased. I figure if I talk long enough, the video It'll will come lie. up. There I'm it is. On Damn, did it. we really did just we trade
2: that guy? Cylinder
1: there it is. Oh, look at him the the the, the neck Here, yeah he comes back around it's like
2: oh watch it oh, yeah. oh no i don't know about. yeah him. yeah he 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 cracked uh you know c4 and c5 right there because he was like holy crap and watch watch john robinson john robinson
1: is trying to figure out when do i run like okay should i run should
2: i run um, i don't know i'm not gonna run uh but, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's obviously AJ Brown Connect out there. Right. And uh, that yeah. was certainly a big part of it. And I think some other players and other draft picks that didn't work out and Bud Dupree signing. Right. Didn't really ever. Luke Willis. I mean, Malik well, Willis. You have, just, I mean, there's you a know, few you could certainly look at. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a year ago, Malik Willis was the guy who had the best odds to be the first quarterback taken. Right, he went all the way until round three. He went after Desmond Ritter, obviously after Kenny Pickett, the only first rounder last year, or second rounder as the case may be. And Willis finally gets a chance to play. Ryan Tannehill gets injured, and they they have to bench him for Josh Dobbs. Yeah, just so too raw. That's it's not raw. That, that's not yeah. that's yeah. That's not a uh, a ringing endorsement. The possibility of going up to number three is not a ringing endorsement of Malik Willis because I would assume they're going to three. To get a quarterback, yeah. but but who knows? Who yeah. knows? Maybe they view maybe they maybe maybe Malik Willis is secretly their guy because Josh Dobbs is gone now. He signed with the Browns as a free agent. They could have kept him. Uh, maybe they think going up to number three is the equivalent of having the first pick in the draft if we're not looking at a quarterback. But I just tend to think with with Young and Stroud and Richardson, that yeah. third pick.
2: Yeah, I would think that so. third
1: pick's is going to be a quarterback.
2: Right, right. I would think so as well. I mean, if you're going to make that type of move, that that's what I would imagine you're making that type of move for it's franchise type quarterback guy. You think that can run your organization for the next eight to 10 years. Uh, so that's what I would envision it. You know, I, but, but yeah, it's interesting talk. And like you said, Daniel Jeremiah, you know, the reason like, yeah, we know there's a lot of fibbing that goes on by teams and all that and trying to set narratives, but he's certainly not a guy that's looking to break news. I, I would think that the fact that he said that he's heard it from somebody pretty credible that he trusts and, you know it'd be interesting to see if the the Titans actually pull the trigger here. It's it's just one of those moves where I go, "Well, eh, I don't picture Mike Vrabel, you know, a Mike Vrabel team wanting to pull that type of move off. Uh so is it rumors, is it talk, is it real, whatever, but you know, hopefully we'll get a better feel here soon."
1: The other thing too is when the comment is made in a podcast, uh A lot of times you get comfortable and you start saying things and you maybe didn't mean to say it. You didn't intend to say it. We've been there and we've done that where things kind of come up that we weren't planning to discuss that make a wave somewhere. And uh, so that that, it's just something to keep an eye on. It's because of the attractiveness of that third overall pick, uh, because the Titans would fit. If they are thinking about going up there to get a quarterback, it's just worth talking about it. And really, as I said, we're in that gulf between the league meetings and the rule changes and the draft a few weeks away and nothing else has happened in free agency. So what the hell? We thought we'd spend some time talking about it. But the draft is coming up in just 23 days. We have the countdown clock. I've been working on this right over here, <laughs> right over there. There it is. Um... It's counterintuitive to me because I can see the screen. So when there I click this now way, it's actually now it's, going this oh, way. So now it's it. right here. Now it's
2: right here. <laughs> yeah, you're horrible at that. Um, Please up so, Anyway, no. Well, it's
1: well because it's like looking in a mirror that isn't a mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see in my peripheral. Is it peripheral? If it's lower peripheral, I thought was on the sides. I can see in my vision below the camera, uh, the monitor of what's going out, but it's not a mirror image thank you know if you. i put yes. this hand up right that hands right. up so. thank you
2: thank you yeah those are, right. these are two um, minutes of my life i will not get back break. thanks a lot for that
1: now you know <laughs> i feel every day <laughs> okay let's take a break we'll take a closer look at the top 10 of the draft when pft live continues right after this
0: NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com/partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.